You're listening to Sourced with Stu Finer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sourced with Stu Finer. Ready to roll podcast number 22. And if I told you that I'm feeling about as good as I've ever felt in my life, you better take that to the fucking bank. As we know, going on 21 days of clean and sober abstinence. And when I say that, that means no sugar, uh, no complex carbohydrates, uh, nothing fried, and no marijuana. I had to get clean and I had to get clean extremely quickly when I went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, well, Stu, you're going to lose your eyes and you're going to lose your feet and your dick's not going to work. Well, losing my eyes, I said, fuck it. What's the big deal? I could still eat as liquid and fuck blind. Losing my feet, you could still put me in a wheelchair and I could still eat as liquid and fuck from the wheelchair. I guess a woman would have to straddle me, but it can be done. But then he said, losing my dick. So when your sugars are 450, what happens is everything fails in your body. When your A1C is 14, everything fails in your body. And that's with me being on medicine. Me being on medicine. Not that I'm not on medicine. I was on medicine. But when you're eating like four score bars a day, box of Captain Crunch, 10,000 calories, Snicker bars, Chunkies, Entenmann's donuts, gallons of ice cream. You got a problem. So I put it down and I'm clean, sober, and abstinent. And listen, I fuck better. I'm much funnier. I articulate better. I'm business savvy, much more savvy when I'm straight. So I love being straight. That's the bottom line. So there's no fucking pity pot here. Don't feel bad for me. Don't say, wow, Stu, you can't smoke a blunt. Wow, you can't fucking drink. You can't get wasted. You can't eat sugar or carbs. You're not going to Puccinella. You're not going to Blackstone. You're not binging out. Listen, I'm a better Stu right now, and I feel better for it. So cold sober is how I'm living one meal at a time, and I feel fucking amazing. My exercise has been on point. And you know me, I'm losing a ton of weight. Losing a ton of weight. You know, I only weighed myself once, but in two weeks I dropped eight and a half pounds and I weigh myself again in another two weeks. And my weight just flows off my fucking body because thank you God, when I'm clean, everything works. Soup to nuts. And coming off arguably one of the greatest days of my life, uh, Frank Fleming, as we know him, the living legend, Frank the Tank, came over the house yesterday to my estate, my humble abode, and it was one of the best days of my fucking life. Sent an Uber, picked him up, he snapped from the Uber to build the momentum, and the pop and circumstance was at its finest. You know, I said, Tank, what do you want to eat? Barbecue potato chips, got him. Hot dogs, got him. And, you know, Pepsis, got him. You know, he's regular, regular guy, type of guy you want to hang with your buddy. And I just fucking love the man. First of all, we know he's extremely smart. Einstein smart when it comes to sports knowledge, when it comes to general knowledge. He's a sharp guy. He really is. You know, he really is smart. And 
he's so loving and so giving of himself. And when he smiles, the world smiles with him. And that's pretty much how it is. And I love to hug him. I love to kiss him. I'll bet that when he's with me, he gets kissed more than any humans ever kissed him in his fucking life. I just hug it out with Tank. To be honest with you, I felt a lot of pressure being with him. And the main thing I felt was I did not want to disappoint him when I made the hot dog on the grill. Because, I mean... The bottom line is this, he's a connoisseur of the hot dog. He's an expert on the hot dog. Joey Chestnut can eat Frank the Tank's ass. Now Chestnut eats a lot of hot dogs, but he does not know a good hot dog of his sort. The fucking guy swallows hot dogs, I don't even know if he tastes them. He dips the water in the bun, he swallows the hot dog like he's swallowing cum. Guy eats 70 fucking hot dogs. He has no idea what a good hot dog tastes like. And I know Tank likes them crispy, Slightly burnt, but not too burnt. You don't want to dry the dog out. He likes the bun toasted and nothing on it. So let's say you fuck up the dog. Let's say you fuck up the bun. It isn't like you're putting mustard, you're putting ketchup, you're putting relish or onions or sauerkraut on it. So it is raw. So you better deliver. So I felt pressure cooking. I'm not a great cook. I'm a great fuck. I'm amazing at eating ass lick and clit. You know that. My dick should be motherfucking bronzed. I'm not gonna fucking brag. You know this. You know I'm funny. You know I'll do anything for a laugh. I'll do anything for my fans, do nation. But as far as cooking, scale of one to 10, I'm probably, I don't even, a point nine. I mean, I make egg whites. I'm good at toasting a bagel. I can get away with making a grilled cheese sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Peanut butter and jelly, yes. But that's it, that's it. So when it goes to the barbecue, normally I'm an epic fail. You know, I take the L every single time. Family doesn't like the way I cook. My wife doesn't like the way I cook. You know, I really don't cook. You know, I'll buy the food. I provide the million dollar home. I provide everything, but as far as cooking, I take the L, I'm a zero. Let's give myself scale one to 10, a point nine. So I felt a lot of pressure. I really did. And I scoured the internet for information for me how to cook that perfect dog. So when Tang came, I wanted to make him the perfect dog. And I delivered. Here's the bottom line. You better know something about me. I'm a money player. When the pressure is on, when your life is on the line, you want me to have your back. Truth be told, I don't fail. I never choked. I have not choked in my motherfucking life. I am not a choker. I don't choke. And I didn't choke here. And I figured when I put Tank against the wall and I said, I want a rating. I want a rating. And I want it tough. Just like El Presidente when he does his pizza review. He gives a tough rating. There's no bullshit with him. You can't buy the guy. You're not going to be, you're not going to influence him. He's the influencer. So I told Tank, Tank, give it to me straight. And one to 10, I figured I was going to go in at like a four, four and a half, five. I figured I'd get like an okay out of Tank. Maybe he would feel bad for me. He'd rate it like a five and a half, six. He gave me an eight and a half. 
And I'm telling you right now, when he said eight and a half, my dick stood up at attention like I was at a threesome and I had three tens and they heard my rep and they were on my fucking dick. They would hang their thong underwear on my cock. And it was an eight and a half. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. I would say when Tank gave me an eight and a half eating that hot dog and just validated who I am as a human being, as a Jew, as a human, as an American, as a child of God, as a stoolie, as the leader and the CEO of Stu Nation, I felt fulfilled. I felt whole. How I can compare it is when my four sons were born, um, on July 4th, 1978, when I broke my virginity with my wife and Tank really giving me an eight and a half. Really, I mean, now, obviously, you know, the other things in my life that were unbelievable was, you know, obviously going on part of my take, having PFT say to me, uh, die in a fire, die in a fire. And having Big Cat go, hi, folks, Stu Finer. Hi, folks, hi, folks. It's right up there. When Tank gives you an eight and a half, it's the type of just validation on everything I am as a human being. So now I'm ready to go to France, go to Italy, go to Portugal, and be a fucking chef. Because if I could pull off an eight and a half with Tank, and that motherfucker is so critical when it comes to eating a hot dog, I probably could do anything. I mean, running a marathon, fuck that. That was, that was easy. Putting an eight and a half in Tank's mouth on a dog, that's unfucking believable So the day started, we sent an Uber, picked him up, came to my house, doorbell rang, opened the door, and it was Frank the Tank. This beautiful, lovable Tank rolling into the house, gave him a big hug, kiss, took his bag, went right into the office, gave him a little overview of my office, the house, how I came to own the house, blah, blah. And then Tank started rolling and he started ranting about the Mets and the Mets and the incompetence of the Mets. And we laughed back and forth. And then we pulled in Croatia over England. I mean, we didn't win the bet because I had it in regulation, but I knew there was value there. I knew Croatia was going to win the game. And at plus almost three to one, it was a good bet. I mean, it easily could have won in regulation. I mean, they were fucking putting so much pressure at the end of the game and they eventually won. So we pulled that in and then Tang took a little nappy after we banged out dogs and barbecue potato chips and Pepsi where I didn't have any of the bread. I had my little salad. I had uh, three dogs, you know, 480 calories worth of dogs, but it was okay, grilled. I loved them and I use mustard. I love mustard. Tang took a little nappy and then we swam. We went in the pool, my 20 by 60 in the ground, sandblasted, marble dusted, crab orchard brick of a pool, a pool fit for a fucking king, literally fit for a king and fit for a tank. Now, mind you, I think Frank's 42. He's going to be 43. He has not swam since he's fucking 19. Think about that since he's 19 years old, for whatever reason. Who knows what the reason? I don't care the reason, but I was honored that he broke his cherry of 23 years worth of abstinence in my pool. My pool will never be the same. It's an honor. 
Tank bought a new bathing suit. And let me tell you something. The motherfucker is sexy. He is a sexy motherfucker. Now, obviously, we know he's not thin, a little portly. But I'll tell you right now, good-looking guy. Bottom line, good-looking guy. Gorgeous eyes, great complexion, great hygiene. Smells great. Motherfucker smells great. I'm telling you, I hug it out. I may smell him. Smells great. And when he went in that pool, it was like a giant duck in the pond of life. It was like he was just so happy and in his element. And really what I wanted to do is put him on my shoulders and lift him up and we'd have some chicken fights. And Tank felt for me. He said, Stu, that's not happening. I said, Tank, I'm an, I'm an, uh, you might be a tank, but I'm a fucking ox, motherfucker. I'm a fucking ox. I can handle it. He said, Stu, we're not doing it. Tried to swim under tank, tried to lift him up and put him on my fucking shoulders. And, you know, he's a strong fucking guy. You don't want to fuck with tank. I mean, you just do not want to fuck with tank. Don't ever, don't ever think you could fuck with tank. He'll kill you. So he just grabbed me, simply pushed me away and said, Stu, it's not happening. So I respected him and it didn't happen for the moment, but I'm going to try. And I want him on my shoulders and I want to really challenge anybody in the fucking world to a chicken fight. It's tank on my shoulders and me and we'll fucking piss on you. Tank will grab your fucking head and dislocate it from your shoulders and blood might spit everywhere like a Monty Python in the Holy Grail. Shit. Maybe the life of Brian. But it's not happening. You're never going to beat me and Tank in a fucking chicken fight. You're not. You're fucking not. So my goal, I'm doing squats. I'm doing a tremendous amount of squat work. I'm going to do a tremendous amount of deadlifting. And I'm just going to be a fucking beast, just, just a fucking fire hydrant. And I'm going to hoist Tank on my motherfucking shoulders and lift him in the pool down the road. And all comers, bring him the fuck on. Bring it on. You think you got something? You got nothing. You come here, we'll kick your fucking ass and wiffle ball. Tank will put you under the table eating dogs. We go into the pool and I'll bring you fucking down chicken fighting. And then we went live on Periscope, if you haven't seen it, on uh, Twitter. We have it. It's about an 18-minute video that was very, very well-received. And what I basically did was share gut level with Tank. I was basically the narrator. And I asked Tank questions because he's a wealth of knowledge. You really can't believe how sharp he is at a moment's notice on any subject, really, that pertains to sports, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, soccer, hockey. He knows it all. I mean, he's like a fucking encyclopedia. He really is. You know, like, you ask him a question, he'll go back to like 1890. The origin, everything, soup to nuts. It's unbelievable. I was so impressed with just his knowledge and just his down-to-earth demeanor. And for me, you know, you could he wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, that's really the bottom line. And he swam in the pool, and I swam with him. And the video was very, very well received. Everybody loved it because it's a lot of fun. It's two regular Joes. You know, Tank's a regular Joe. I'm a regular Joe. I mean, he is Frank the Tank. He is a living legend. Oh, I am Stu Finer. I mean, I am a living legend. There's no issue about that. But the bottom line is this. We're regular Joes. We're regular stoolies. We're part of Stu Nation. We're part of Tank Nation. And we just rapped, you know, no bullshit, nothing was rehearsed, we didn't know what we were gonna do, and we just off the cuff winged it. That's the type of guy he is. When you're with Tank, you just feel secure, 
you feel love around you. There's a ball of love. It's a shining ball of love. And we just shared gut level. Spoke to him a little bit about NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, how he's feeling, how it was swimming in the pool, how he ha- loved again my dogs. And I keep reiterating, getting an 8.5 from Tank. I'm on seventh heaven forever. It's equivalent to probably eating Shakira's ass, licking her pussy. Really. And you know, the girl I have the hots for is Dewey Lipa. Oh, oh, God, her pussy. It smells so good right from here. You know what I'm saying? Like buttermilk pancakes on a morning dew day. But just being with Tank is like being with a hot girl. I just can't explain it. I felt good. I felt whole. And it was just a great fucking day. Then we, you know, quickly got dressed. And then we, uh, I drove. And with uh, me... Tank, um, my son Alex, you know Alex, he runs the company and he's on the website and does everything for me, the head of my social media, and my youngest, John Allen, and he brought his best friend, Tyler, and uh, Tyler's father, Andy, I'm very close with, Andy came, and my father, the godfather, Howie Finer, and my buddy, Jake, who uh, does all my uh, website design and shirts and everything. And we went to City Field, and the seats that we had were just phenomenal. VIP, soup to nuts. You go in a special VIP entrance, um, right under where you walk in, where the Jackie Robinson Rotunda is. You walk right in, and you go into almost like a bat cave. Special VIP entrance. And you go right into the brand new Mets VIP room they have, which is gorgeous. And it's all you can eat, soup to fucking nuts. And I ate clean. The main thing they had, you know, they always have the same things. They have the sliders. They have little hamburgers. They have these little salads. They have fruit. They got veggies. And then they always have this one special meal. Could be prime rib. Could be veal palm, chicken palm. And last night they had meatballs. And I had four meatballs. And I didn't have the cheese around it. And I made them pretty dry where I knocked all the sauce off of it. And I used that as my protein and my carb. And they were unbelievable. I mean, they weren't good. They were great. I mean, great. You know, like when you go out to a place, like a a ball game, the meatballs are dog shit. You know, like give them to your fucking dog. I mean, there's no way you're eating it. I normally taste it, spit it on the fucking floor and then step on it with my fucking feet because it's so bad, I don't want the cockroaches to fucking eat it or the ants to eat it. But this meatball, I'm giving it a fucking 9.5. A legit 9.5. The sauce was amazing. There was no acidity at all. It was not sugary. It was breathtaking. And the meatball was perfect. It was not too starchy. You know when you eat a meatball and it's filled with breadcrumbs? I mean, what the fuck? It's like a meatloaf. It's not even a fucking meatball. You know, what are we talking here? This meatball was perfect. A lot of meat, very little breading, and the seasoning was breathtaking. And the sauce was incredible. I was stunned. I was fucking stunned. I expected a three. It was a 9.5. And then they had these veggies and I had no dressing on them. And then they have all the cakes and cookies and candies and sodas that you want. And then from the VIP area, as you're going to your seat, there's coolers of soda and water and Gatorades all over the place in ice free. Then you get to your seat and we're in first row. We're first row visitors on deck circle right next to the Phillies dugout. They played the Phillies last night. And then 
they have a waiter come over. The waiter gives you a full menu of everything you wanted. Hamburgers, frankfurters, steak sandwiches, peanuts, popcorn, cotton candy, ice cream, pulled pork. I mean, are you serious? And that's all free. Comes with the ticket. That is all free. And I'm done eating, first of all. I'm only having Diet Coke, and I'm cleaning up after everybody because I'm a clean freak. When you put shit down on the floor at a baseball game, I clean my own shit. You know, although people are paid to clean, I like to clean. Clean, for me, is like having sex. I like to clean. It's the same as having sex. So I just like to clean. I'm a cleaner. feels good. It feels, I don't know why, but it feels like I accomplished something when I clean. So... These guys are banging out food. The other seven people I'm with, my father, Tank, my son, Alex, my John Allen, Tyler, Jake, Andy, they're eating like, they're going to the fucking electric chair. They're eating like it's the last fucking meal on this planet. And truth be told, I am in such a good place. I was high on life. And there was hundreds of fans there screaming, yelling, Studation, Studation, 15, 15, 30, I love you, I love you, I love you. Guys, girls. And even the Met organization, the people that work for the Mets came over to us. They gave us free shirts and then they wanted to go on my snap. What a class operation the Mets have and they love me. And then the ball boy there, which I know, and we're in front of the on-deck circle. So how it works is he wears the uniform of the visiting team. And he knows me, and I've been with him for about three years, and he's very, very nice. So he gave me about 12 to 15 balls to give out to the fans. And I'm always looking for young kids, young girls, and everybody was super happy. I mean, we've gotten hundreds of balls our whole lives. By the grace of God, I've been blessed where I'm always sitting first row. So to get a ball for me or for my kids is, you know, we do it every day. You know, my kids have gone to hundreds of baseball games, World Series games, Super Bowls, NBA championships, Stanley Cup. They get, they get pucks. They get balls. They get everything. You know, autographs. So for them, it means nothing. For me, it means nothing. But... A lot of people don't have that. You know, when they go into a game and they catch a ball, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They'll remember for the rest of their lives. So I gave out balls to the fans, a lot of young fans, and they loved it. And the game was unbelievable. Now, let me just go back to this. With the ticket, which there's no way you could do this. I don't care how much pot you smoked. I don't care how big your appetite is. You can take the ticket and go to any concession stand in City Field. Now, you're not go you can't go to the restaurants, okay? And you cannot purchase liquor. But any concession stand, whether it's the lobster roll, the steak sandwiches, pizza, Shake Shack, chicken, fried chicken on waffles, whatever they got, you give them the ticket and everything's free. Everything's free, unlimited food. Unlimited food. I mean, even though the Mets blow... And they're an embarrassment and they're an abortion. And actually to watch them is painful. It's fucking being like at the dentist with no anesthesia and they're sticking a fucking needle in your eye, in your teeth, and in your ball second cock watching this team. And our two best hitters, they bench. So we don't even have Brandon Nimmo and Cabrera in the lineup. So their lineup was pretty much, I mean, look, Tim Tebow was equivalent to any of our starting eight. Truth be told, that's how bad the lineup is. Just getting the food is worth the price of admission. But anyway, so then now hanging with Tank. And Tank's extremely funny at the game because he hates the Mets. He is so negative, but rightfully so. He objectively lives in reality. And the team is arguably the worst offensive team in the history of Major League Baseball. 
the history of Major League Baseball. Not this week, not this month, this year. We're talking the entire history of Major League Baseball. They have an epic fail. Now, Jacob deGrom, again, couldn't score a fucking run for the guy. Eight shutout innings. Best pitcher in baseball, bar none. You've never seen such an inept performance every time he's on the mound. I think right now he's the best pitcher ever uh, through like 130 games. I think half of his starts, or maybe 43% of his starts, he's allowed one run or less. And, I mean, he can't get a win this year. He's below 500. Can't get a win because they can't score. So... Tank is shredding the Mets like no other. And Tank has about 20 songs that he's written and memorized and sings like he's fucking Frank Sinatra. Guy's got a great voice. He just has an amazing voice. So he's screaming, he's yelling, he's berating the Mets mercilessly. I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. That's how bad he's shredding them. But it's Tank, and I'm laughing. The fans are laughing. So every time someone comes up for the Mets, Dom Smith, whatever the case may be, Jose Reyes, you know, whoever it is, he's torching them verbally and then singing a torching song about them. So I'm laughing my fucking balls off. I mean, I wish you, I wish we could have periscoped the whole thing because it was priceless. Then we had the fans singing Tank's song and it was just fucking great. It was, it was just a night to remember. Now, meanwhile, you know, I bet the game for my motherfucking ball sack. It's a 25,000 all in max best bet. It's my July game of the month. And I really have a lot of uh, confidence in Jacob. I know the fucking Phillies are not scoring. They're not going to score. And of course, he shuts him out. But I didn't know that they were going to bench Nemo, bench Cabrera. So we are never going to score. Thank God, bottom of the 10th inning, Brandon Nimmo comes up and goes yard, and we win 3 nothing. And the place went crazy, and me and Tank did a dance. We're dancing, and we have a dance on, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat, so you could check it out. And we're dancing our balls up. It was just fucking amazing. It was one of the best times I've literally ever had in my fucking life. I just, you know, it just really does not get any fucking better. It does not get any better. And then after the game, again, fans are just mobbing us. Mobbing us like we're the fucking Beatles. I mean, obviously, you know, we're 1% of 1% of the fucking Beatles. But, you know, look, when you have 70 people all over you, hugging you, and as God is my witness, you could strike my children dead right now. You could fucking have my, my worst enemy fuck my wife on YouTube right now, uh, if I'm not lying. At least three people said, when they took pictures with me and Tank, they had their wife take them, they said it was better than their wedding picture. This is how strong the, the uh, picture of me and Tank was, because people love us. They fucking love us, and we're, what, we're nobodies. We're fucking the same as everyone else. When we go to the bathroom, we pee on the floor like everyone fucking else. You know, I mean, it is what it is, but... We're so blessed and we're so grateful to be loved by the fans. Obviously, you know, the main focus of our success now with these fans is through Barstool Sports. So El Presidente, Erica, Big Cat, PFT, KFC, Hank, Rhea, Clem, the whole kit and caboodle, love everyone. And, you know, 
you know, are newfound famous directly because of them. I mean, look, Al Pacino played me in the movie Two for the Money. I had millions of fans, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. I had a, you know, $100,000 a week budget on a TV show that was seen by 23 million people for over nine years. But my fans are in their 70s, their 60s, and their 50s. That's my base. That's my fans. You know, every baseball, football, basketball season, uh, you know, I advise gambles and the outcome of sporting events as my, you know, as my business, as my vocation. But those are my fans. 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 50-year-olds. That's my clientele. You know, and then Barstool put us on the map with 15-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 25, 30-year-olds. And me and Tank have been able to hold that audience pretty strong. You know, Tank, for what he does, does a really strong podcast. And he's very talented. And, you know, like I said, a wealth of knowledge. And he, you know, he just has a nice demeanor about him. He has a way of speaking that you like to listen to him. He's very easy on the ears, doesn't give you a headache. You know, a lot of people fucking love me, but a lot of times they say, Stu, you give me a headache because I'm screaming. Now, not the kids in their teens, the kids in their 20s, they fucking love me. But, you know, when you get into your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s, I mean, how many times can you deal with me saying, uh, I want to fuck your wife, I want to fuck your mother, I fucked your grandmother, and, uh, you know, although you're fucking your wife, I was much better fucked than you, and when you fuck your wife, she's thinking of me, you know, and screaming at the top of my lungs, you know, my core audience for the last, let's say, four decades, you know, that's not their game. I'm into a new audience right now due to Barstool. The crossover has been phenomenal. And we've been so well-received. And so my point is, at the game last night, people were fucking all over us. And that's the greatest thing in the world. You know, that is the best. You know, my fans, the people that love me, that love Tank, that love us, are you kidding? I'll, say, I'll stand there all fucking day. I'll fucking lose my voice screaming and yelling because people, that that audience loves me to scream and yell. I can't scream enough for them. They want to hug it out with me. They're telling me, hey, listen, tongue kiss my wife. Give them a squeeze my wife. You know, hey, you could finger fuck my wife. You could fuck my wife. I, I don't care. That's how much I love you and she loves you. I'm like, that's an honor. I mean, that's a fun, and they mean it. They ain't jerking off. They mean it. They literally mean it. So we were mobbed with fans from the second we walked into the parking lot when we got there during the entire fucking 10-inning game to when we left. Then we got into the car, and I drove Tank home. And again, it was just amazing experience being in the, in the car with him. He sits in the front seat, talks about the game, regurgitates the game, just has a tremendous recall. Like, I do not have a good memory. I could never remember anybody's name. You know, I remember every girl I fucked. I remember every... Pussy I've licked, every ass I've eaten. I remember every meal I've ever had. And I know sporting events, you know, my knowledge is tremendous because it's what I do for a living, but nothing compared to Tank. Tank's recall is just not believable. It's, I mean, it really isn't believable. I'm not blowing smoke up this motherfucking ass. It's really incredible. You know, his knowledge at the moment, at the drop of a dime, it's not like, like, my, my memory's great if I review what's going on. Then I remember 1994, I remember 1986, I remember 1973, I remember 1971. You know, I remember these things. I remember, you know, 1969, you know, Knicks won the championship. I remember these things, but I have to review a little bit. Tank remembers it like it's fucking, like it just happened. It's a gift. It's a fucking gift. You know, or maybe I'm just burned from smoking fucking, you know, kilos of pot, ounces at a time of pot. Maybe I'm burnt, but it's phenomenal. So he's in the front seat, drive him home, and, and he just kept talking, and it was just fun. 
Life is extremely stressful. You deal with assholes all the time. You deal with people that are really irresponsible. They are, you cannot count on them. They promise the world and they don't deliver. And of course, things don't go the way they're supposed to. That's everybody, whether it's me, whether it's Jesus Christ, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Shakira, whether it's Taylor Swift, everybody has their struggles and failures. So life's rough and you got to deal with a lot of shit. So it's so fun to have fun. And Tank is a generally extremely fun individual. There's no two ways about it. He is so much fun, and that's really the bottom line. So when I think of Tank, I think of loving, and I think of fun. And that's really all I'm looking for in life, is to have fun and to love. And that's really who I am. At the end of the day, my core is I'm a giver. I want to give love, and I'll do anything to make someone laugh. And truth be told, I'll do anything to make someone happy. Because, you know, most people don't have my life. Most people struggle their entire lives, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationships, their dick doesn't work, they come too fast, um, they're not confident. And it's very difficult to really be happy. It really is. And, you know, I have a gift where I don't give a fuck. I do not care about embarrassing myself, shaming myself, failing in front of the world. I don't care because I don't give a fuck because I know the real deal. I know reality. Everybody struggles. Everybody fails. Everybody has problems. So big deal. And people see me do it. And they like that I fail. They like that I embarrass myself. They also like when I succeed because they know I'm a genuine person. And when I'm with Tank, it was just, you know, just having him do things that maybe he can't do on his own. He might, you know, he might not roll into the beach and swim on his own. You know, might not be comfortable doing that. But when I, he's around me, he's comfortable. It's like me and him have been together for fucking 42 years on this planet since he's been alive. And really, we, you know, that was really almost the, only the third time we've ever hung out. Literally, three times. That's fucking it. But I trust him. And I feel comfortable with him like he's my brother. Like he's my fucking brother. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, that's really what it's all about. If you could find someone like that, you fucking hold on to them forever. So just an amazing day yesterday. Just one of the best days of my life. I literally mean that. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm not hyping it. I'm not doing it for any ulterior motive. You know, you know me. I don't give a fuck. I've got it all. If I was dead by 29, I had the best fucking life possible. I've had a Frank Sinatra life since I'm fucking 16. I've had people on my dick at 16. So, you know, I'm 50 fucking seven right now. So trust me, you know, I had first row concert tickets when I was 16 selling them. Everybody wanted to fucking be me and eat my ass and lick my ball sack, okay? Everybody kissed my fucking ass, okay? I was the funniest at 16. I had the biggest set of balls when I was 16. I'd do anything at 16, whether it was to tell the teacher to fuck himself or to be the class clown or just to make people happy. I was that type of fucking guy or I'd do whatever it fucking took. Okay, I take risks, I do what it took. So this isn't any fucking big deal what's happening to me now. I, I've been doing it since I'm 16. You know, I had the best drugs when I was 16, best pot, 
best fucking uh, tie stick, best hash. Doesn't matter. I was the man always. I always had cash in my pocket. I always worked my balls off, and I always was zoned in. I had extreme confidence. So I'm not blowing smoke up Tank's ass when I say he is one in a million. He is just that special motherfucker. So that's really, it was just a blessing. And then Brandon Nimmo hitting the fucking home run and me going wild and, you know, me winning a big play. And that was a big play. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That's a big play. But, you know, I got, I got big plays every single day. You know, I got a ton of big plays. So that's what I do for a living. It's a roller coaster. When I'm hot, I'm hot. And the best there is. When I'm killing people, it happens. You know, you go on a streak. You know, it's, you know I'm going to lose 40% of the time. 42% of the time, I'm gonna hit between 58 and 60%. You could always guarantee overall that's what you're gonna end up with me. But you know, any day, any week, anything could fucking happen. Any month, anything can happen. You can go su super hot or super cold. So it was really nice, Brandon Nimmo, you know, us winning that game. We really needed it. I'm not minimizing that we didn't need the game. We needed the fucking game. But the point becomes is the relationship that I'm building with a human that I'm selfless with him, he's selfless with me, and it's a motherfucking bond. You know, it's a stoolie bond, it's a stunation bond, it's a human being bond. So, really that is where I'm at. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up right there, make it short and sweet. I'd like you to subscribe to my podcast, uh, Sourced with Stu Finer on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if you can get over to iTunes and subscribe, that would really help me. Also, give it a five-star rating. I tell you, give it a 10-star rating, but I think it only goes up to five stars. And uh, I mean, I think I'm fucking worth it because, you know, the bottom line is I'm Stu Farney, you're fucking not. There is nobody else like me. There never will be anybody else like me. And not that I'm better than anybody else because I'm fucking not. No way, I'm a fucking midget. I'm a fucking Jew from Brooklyn, New York, from Long Island, New York. I'm no better or worse, no smarter or worse, nothing. But I do give it. I bring it every fucking day. I only know how to give 110%, whether it's making an egg white, whether it's exercising, whether it's making you fucking laugh, or whether it's giving myself wholly and solely to the people I fucking love. And I love fucking Frank the Tank. Also, you can get over to BeLikeStew.com and buy all my merchandise. We have the new poster uh, that came out, uh, the parody we did with ESPN, with the magazine, and Saquon Barkley. Uh, I matched up with him, and our body was, you know, I mean, he's black, I'm white, but besides that, you couldn't tell the difference. It looks like we're fucking uh, brothers from another mother. And that was extremely well-received, too, because Saquon put it on his fucking Twitter page. He retweeted the fucking thing, so everybody in the NFL saw it. And I think I'd also went over to Brandon Drury, the... Uh, Yankees third baseman, and he fucking uh, sent it out to all his buddies, too, and, you know, whatever, because they know they fucking struggle with life, and they know when something's funny, and I'm fucking funny. So get over to BeLikeStew.com, buy the new poster, buy all my tank tops, buy my shirts, you can buy a cum towel, uh, you don't know my whole life, you can buy my book, Betcha I Can, on BeLikeStew.com, and if you want to purchase games from me, get over to StuFinder.com, and we're ready to roll. So, as always, it's an honor I fucking love you. I fucking love you. We are ready to roll. We're ready to roll. I'm Stu Fighter, and you're fucking not.